0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? I ask that question all the time because I am super happy, excited for the word. Um, And let me ask you a question, too. It's not recordable. Do you love Jesus? (laughs) I do, man. I love him. I love him because he's so good to us. And like, you know, through life and journeys and stuff we deal with and go through, he remains constant. And I love the fact that we get a chance when we have these moments to, man, to come together and be right here in his presence, to expect him, to just love on him, and to know that when we leave this building or when we leave the moments that we get a chance together, that we don't ever have to leave the same, that God's presence is so palpable. I love him. I'm a lover of your presence. We weren't going to do that song this morning, and then I think... Somebody in the blue jamesha that we were singing the other song, and I was just flowing with the team. And I was like, where are we going to go? And somebody said, sing, I'm a lover of your presence. And I started thinking about, oh, that's a great song. Let me be a sacrifice. Let me dedicate my life to worship you, God. Um, It's just really neat to me. And um, I don't know if he said I was in the back. I don't think you did. Pastor Richard today. Pastor Richard today is down in uh, the Orlando area. Some of you guys may remember him. Pastor Damon Moore. He has a church down there. And so uh, he was scheduled to go a couple weeks ago, and then the storm came and, you know, all the stuff. So we moved it around a little bit. But we also said, he told you uh, when he preached last week that this whole month, you get a taste of each of our teams sharing what our secret sauce is. Now, what I've learned, because I just started cooking a little bit. uh, Clearly, I didn't just start eating, but I I just started cooking. And I found out that you have to have a lot of ingredients to make a lot of stuff. And so secret sauce, when we give you what we're giving you, we're going to give you a taste of who we are. But there's a whole lot of stuff that makes us up of who we are, right? There's a lot of stuff, a lot of principles, a lot of different things that we live by. And, um, you know, Pastor Richard started off in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And he said this month, as we're talking about this secret sauce, the whole concept is for us to find the recipe for a lifetime of living strongly for the Lord. A recipe for the life, a lifetime of living strong for the Lord. And I love the season that I'm in because I'm at a place now where so much of what I get a chance to share and the things that we get to live out with you, it's not just theory anymore. It's not just stuff we read in a book somewhere. Most of the things that we get a chance to share with you and we're so passionate about it, Because we know that we've lived it out. And we've seen it either work or not work. And we can absolutely bold-facedly come to you and say, hey, man, this might be a road that you could take. Or, man, you might want to take some caution here because it's a little tricky going on that route. So we're giving you the secret sauces so that you can have a lifetime of living strongly for God. He started, Pastor Richard started in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. He said to everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose. He went to three verse 12 and he said, I know that nothing is better uh, for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man or woman should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of their labor because it's a gift of God. I just want to say this, y'all. If you are not enjoying your walk with God you're doing something wrong. Can I say that? If you don't love Jesus, I love him more today than I did when I met him when I was five or six years old. Like it just keeps getting sweeter and sweeter. And I use the phrase gooder and gooder. It just gets better if you're doing it Right. I believe. Can I just say this? This may be a little bit of a principle that might throw some of you off. Do you know what? I don't believe in anything called burnout. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in burnout. I believe that if you are keeping proper boundaries, come on, if you're keeping proper boundaries and if you are keeping proper balance in your life, I believe that you can have a full, healthy life in God, and you do not have to burn out. Say amen. Amen. Good boundaries. Good boundaries. Good balance. That means take your time. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the fact that you live in good old sunny Florida. Enjoy the fact that there is a beach an hour and a half away from us on each coast. Somebody say amen. Enjoy the fact that you can run down to Orlando and watch a magic game or a football or a soccer game. Enjoy the fact that you can drive up to Jacksonville and enjoy concerts around. I mean, enjoy the fact that you can get out of out of this this state to any country by going to the OIA. Come on. Do you understand it? Like enjoy it. Enjoy it. It was really cool. Hey, Jim, can I talk about you? My my, guitar player, Jim, you're from where you're from, Jim? He's from Michigan, y'all. It's when's it gonna get cold in Michigan? It already is. <laughs> it's already cold. Is it snowing yet, Jim? It's y'all, take that in. It's snowing in Michigan. You live in Florida. Say thank you, Jesus. Right? It's snowing. So Jim Jim told me today. When I got here, he said, he got to, man, I don't know, I'm not going to have you come up here. This is a totally not in my notes. But Jim, d- Jim, come here. <laughs> Why not? It's Sunday morning. Man, you walking slow, bro. Come on. You just walked all up. All oh, cool. Everybody say what's up to Jim. You've been, uh, this is totally on the spot. But Jim, how long have you been coming to the church?
1: Uh, almost a year now. I should be a year, yeah.
0: And you lo- relocated here from Michigan. Tell them a little bit of the backstory.
1: Uh, well, my beautiful wife Mary and I—we have a uh, 23-year-old son who's in Michigan right now, uh, firefighter paramedic on Michigan State campus. So, but I am a Gator fan now. So, so, so uh, basically, I retired up there, and long story short, we decided to uproot, come down here, enjoy the weather, and. Go from there.
0: And then tell him what? Tell him. So he came in this morning and he told me something that happened yesterday. Tell him. Tell him you work for the whole day.
1: Okay. So I work for Porsche and, and BMW. I drive cars. Anyways, um, myself, and myself and three other... No, no, come on. Come on. He's making that
0: so nonchalant. He's like, for a living, I drive Porsches and BMWs and I deliver them to people, right? This is what this man does. And then, so yesterday...
1: Actually, it was Friday night. So Friday night. Friday night, I uh, myself and three other drivers decided, or were asked to go to uh, Gainesville and escort the uh, Hall of Fame members uh, inductees to the uh, University of Florida. So we went up there and picked them up at the hotel, then dropped them off and uh, sat with them through the ceremony and dinner, which was not McDonald's, and then uh, and then we escorted them back to the hotel. So. Um, there are some few uh, Hall of Fame uh, members up there that uh, Pastor Lindsey knows, yes. so I told him about it this morning. So yeah. he was pretty excited. I didn't get to meet uh, all of them, but um, it was a pretty humbling experience to see all those professional athletes to, and what they've achieved over the years. And stuff. It was really cool. Yes, so. awesome.
0: Give it up for Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I did that because he was so non-unassuming. He just comes in, does his thing. He told me when he first got to church, he said, yeah, I'm going to be playing for you at some point. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, whatever. I hear that all the time. And then this guy just comes in. He just fits and loves God. But he got a chance to meet some of the guys that I, well, he was around them yesterday. I had looked on social media and saw that uh, uh, Joe Hayden, and I forget the other one, but those guys would sit in my chapels every week. And they're, they're now being inducted into the Hall of Flame of the Gators. I mean, come on. Talk about six degrees of separation. So I don't even know why I said all that. Oh, because I love Florida. <laughs> and I love life. And I love Jesus. And I love that we get to worship him. And so the secret sauce, uh, if you're taking notes, the name of my message today Uh, Secret sauce. My secret sauce is something I'm calling risk assessment. That doesn't sound sweet. Doesn't sound... It's interesting. Risk assessment. That's my secret sauce. Now, of course, worship is part of that. But I'm going to define this real quick. Risk assessment means this. It's a systematic process of evaluating... The potential risks that could be involved in an activity. Pastor Lindsay, how have you made it so long at the same church? How have you made it so long in ministry? Not become tired, wilted, jaded, sarcastic, cynical. Pastor Lindsay, how have you gone from season after season after season through ups and downs, highs and lows, people coming? people going, people serving, people moving, people loving, people hating. <laughs> hating. How did you make it through all that? I, well, Jesus is it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Jesus at the top of the list. But right up under Jesus, I realized that I learned the principle of risk assessment. I learned... That you have to pay attention and understand how much you will and will not give. You have to be mindful of what you will pour into and you will not pour into. You have to be mindful of how much risk is it going to take me if I sacrifice this. What is it going to do to my family, to my marriage, to my children? Am I tracking with me? If I decide to spend my money here... What will this do to my financial budget? If I take this move, how then is it going to affect whatever else happens? Oh, does that make sense? So that's, that's, what, that's what risk assessment is. That's what that means. Every business will have it. Every corporation will go through it. I realized this whole principle recently because I'm having to renew my insurance. And my risk assessment has changed over the last 10 to 15 years. So my rate is shifting, but I realized risk assessment. I realized the hard way that if you don't think about some of what you could get into by making choices you make, you might pay the price. I don't know what year it was, probably early 90s, maybe mid 90s. We were taking a trip as a team. Um, Many of you guys know that our church is real strong on missions. We love the nations. And so this was probably either my first or maybe my second time. We were going to Iceland. And our route to get to Iceland, now I've been to Iceland, I think 15 maybe times or so. We love that country. We love those people there. We have a really strong connection with them relationally. But we were going to Iceland. And our route to get to Iceland was to fly through Boston. Now, in Boston, we had about a five and a half, maybe six hour layover in Boston. And I decided, Pastor Richard or whoever else was leading the team said, hey guys, you guys got six hours. You can leave the airport. You can go where you want to. There's a lot of food places down here. So, so me and one of, them, one of the people on the team, um, I don't remember exactly. No, I do remember who it was, but me and the guy, we decided to go and we had our own meal and we hung out. We did a little shopping. Then we came back to a restaurant where most of the team was. And they were all joking and they were saying, oh, P.L., uh, he likes hot stuff. We're talking about secret sauce. You like hot stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah, sure. I love stuff that's hot. Let me give it a go. So they're like, hey, we have this hot sauce that everybody's been daring to try. And we just want to see if you'll do it. And I came in. Here's, the, here's my point. I hadn't done my risk assessment I didn't know that everybody who'd had some, first of all, knew that they brought the hot sauce out in a coffin. <laughs> Literally. It was a little, cat. what do you call it, a cask or a coffin. They brought the hot sauce out in a coffin. What I didn't do, because I didn't do proper risk assessment, what I didn't know is that before I got to the restaurant, Everybody who partook of this hot sauce signed this. Please, let's look at it together. It says, Ghost Basco Release and Waiver Agreement. I understand that my participation and anyone in my party, other than PL because he didn't get the information, anyone in my party, at my party's table, participation and involvement in eating Ghost Basco hot sauce carries with it the potential for certain risks, some of which may not be reasonably foreseeable. <laughs> I had no idea. Then it goes on and says, "I further acknowledge that these risks could cause me or others around me harm, including, but not limited to, limited to, bodily injury, damage to internal organs. Emotional distress, which was one of the biggest ones, or even death. death. I, who didn't do risk assessment, am willing to participate (laughs) in eating eating this ghost basco hot sauce. By signing this agreement, I agree, and my party agrees to release, indemnify, and hold harmless... This company, its owners, all managers, as well as all of its employees, agents, representatives, they said, listen, ain't nobody getting in trouble for you being stupid. (laughs) That's what this thing says. (laughs) And from its owners, managers, as well as employees, agents, representatives, successors, it says from all losses, claims, thefts, uh, demands, liabilities, causes of actions or expenses, known or unknown arising out of eating this ghost Tabasco sauce. Does anybody know what happened to me? So I didn't know. So everybody before me was coming in and taking a little like a little dab and sticking it on their tongue. I'm coming in off the streets all cocky. I like odd stuff. I'm from down south. My mama from Mississippi. I come in. <laughs> I took a full finger of this stuff and rubbed it all over my lips. Yeah, yeah, Fitz, I did. How stupid. How dumb was that? All over my lips. For the next 14 hours, (laughs) we had an eight hour flight to Iceland, I literally, my lips were numb, Uh, probably a half an hour later, I threw up, Uh, they tried milk, they tried water, I was nauseous, I was sweating, I, I was struggling. I, was, I literally got to the place where I'm like, "You know that one that said, uh, "Even may cause death." I thought I was dying. I didn't know if my insides were, but ex- well. I didn't know what was happening for so forth. the whole flight. I was miserable for the first two hours in the hotel in Iceland. I was miserable, and that is the moment I learned about risk assessment. <laughs> Pay attention to the decisions you make. Because they will come with circumstances, repercussions, things you decide to do or not do. Information you have or you don't have can harm you if you are not paying attention. So risk assessment, I've learned that. But I also learned that, that Jesus has the same kind of concept with how he deals with risk assessment. Look with me down at verse uh, look, look it down in, uh, Matthew chapter 18 is where the text is going to be today. Matthew chapter 18. Um, it's very interesting to me because I also believe that a huge part of the way God works in us is what I like to call something. I like to call redemptive purpose. Has anybody ever heard about that before? Redemptive purpose is basically just a concept that says you might've been doing something for a season you didn't know why and then eventually you find out the why behind that what you find out like oh okay i didn't know that being a manager at wendy's for me was going to lead me in being able to manage people i didn't know i didn't realize that when i was in high school and junior high school my locker was always full of people around me and they were always coming to me asking for advice asking for instruction, asking for encouragement. I'm like, I don't know nothing. I'm 16 years old, just like you. What are you coming asking me for? I didn't realize that that was just on my life. I didn't understand that when I was cutting hair. <laughs> the, the, never mind. I didn't <laughs> Man, Lord, Jesus, I asked you for one thing. Never mind. All right, so cutting hair, I lost my hair. So I was like, Lord, please, God, I wanted to keep my hair. But anyway, so I I used to cut hair in college, and my dorm room would be full of guys, and they'd be here till 2, 3, 4 in the morning, and we'd be having these conversations. I didn't realize that God was using the things that were inside of me to be a part of my purpose. Does that make sense? So some of you have done stuff in your life. You've had seasons where you've walked through, and you didn't understand why was I working this job or why was I doing this, and God can take that stuff as a redemptive purpose And use it for his glory in your life. The other thing I want to say real quick is that, you know, we used to, and we may, I don't know, we may do it in another format. But when we would do our, what was next steps at the time, we did something called a divine assignment. And that was just a questionnaire that you guys would go through. You'd fill out a bunch of things. And it would show you where your propensities are. Like the areas you're strongest in, the areas that kind of come most natural to you. And it was interesting to me that my divine assignment was to communicate caring. And if you knew me before I got to this church and even early on for many, many, many years of being here, communication was one of my weakest points of my life. It was one of the weakest areas for me. I hadn't learned how to do it. I hadn't learned the significance of it. I hadn't learned that in being a good communicator, you are helping the people around you. I didn't know because I hadn't been taught it. I hadn't been demonstrated it. I hadn't been shown it. And so it was a foreign concept to me. And it's so interesting now that I'm in ministry. And I deal with people a lot. It's so interesting, especially with men. Every man, man, give me your eyeballs. You know one of the hardest things I've had to deal with as a pastor is getting men to communicate, to just, like, actually open up. Not to everybody. Not to people that don't deserve your respect or haven't earned the right to get there, but it's one of the hardest things to deal with for me because we're so good at shutting off, at being the waffle, right? Rather than the spaghetti, y'all know that analogy, where we have our compartments and we can just shut stuff down. Do you know that getting guys to just communicate has been one of the toughest battles of my my life of ministry, and not even just of ministry, but just as a human being, getting people to not, do you understand that when, I taught this principle years ago, so I thought about if this is my secret sauce, even beyond me showing you the principles of worship, I want you to understand that when you don't communicate, there are blanks, there are gaps, there are things that will automatically be filled in if you don't give the proper information. Does that make sense? And I didn't realize how important that was. I didn't know until I got into the circles of things that I'm doing now When I have to walk people through stuff and we're trying to build a relationship with you and we're trying to actually do life with you, not just see you on a Sunday morning, not just come in and do the music thing and have these great testimonies and stuff. But I'm talking about like the real life stuff where your marriage is strong, your finances are strong, your relationships are good. In those places, I found it's almost like the, it's the hardest thing to get folks to understand that communication is so vital. It's so important. My secret sauce is I've learned, I've learned that if I can walk that principle out and really become a good communicator, a lot of the things that we deal with and go through, those things can be averted by just putting the proper information where it needs to be hey men I encourage no, They I said hey men. <laughs> but hey men can I encourage you be intentional about that can I encourage you can I encourage you Brian that she can't read your mind do you know that she can't read your mind she can't somehow telepathically figure out what you meant or thought or thinking when you decide and I'm not calling you out Personally, because I don't know your whole flow, but I'm just saying when you go and you just shut that thing down because you don't want to have to deal with it. Can I tell you your significant other can't read your mind? And when she can't read your mind, she's going to put in those blanks what she thinks you're thinking. And that happens. (laughs) Some of you husbands and guys are just laughing because she's like, oh, God, that's me. I know it's you. I know it's so many of you because I dealt with it for 30 years now. So. So my thing is learning this this principle and this concept of knowing that my gifting and the strength that God has developed in me is to communicate caring. And here's the thing. Um, It was one of the, you know, one of these people, some of y'all know her name, Maya Angelou. But she said this, and I felt like, oh, I think this encompasses my personality or who I want to be. She said this, people won't remember what you said As much as they will remember how you made them feel. And I try to do that. I try to do that because I worked at a cash register where people were rude and didn't care about saying thank you. I try to do that when I go to stores, when I go to the grocery store, when I go to a clothes store, when I'm dealing with folks in whatever industry it is. I try to look them in the eye. I try to thank them. I want the moment that they had to encounter with me to be the best moment of their entire day. I want to leave making sure that you felt something when you were around me. I don't want you leaving feeling some type of way. (laughs) But I want you to feel Like, man, that guy cared about me. He cared enough to take a moment to to just say hello or reach out a hand. Or I realized that that statement was like, God, yeah, that's who I want to be. I want to be somebody who says when people just, they don't have to remember what I said so much as how they felt when they were around me. That's part of what's on my life. So as we look in chapter 18 of Matthew in these last few moments, I realize that this concept is exactly what Jesus lived and taught and worked out. I realize that in chapter 18, as a matter of fact, instead of reading it all, just give me your eyeballs for a second. I'll, I'll walk you through it. It's about five parables in a row, and it's really cool how he does it. So the first parable in the top of Matthew chapter 18 is the parable where they're asking the question. Remember his two disciples asked the question, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus says, excuse me, the greatest in the kingdom is going to be the one who has childlike faith. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who takes the back seat. The greatest in the kingdom is going to be those who come to me like a child. That's the first parable. The second parable in verses 10 to 14, he talks about the lost sheep. And some of you will know that from the Corey Asbury song. uh, He leaves a 99, that whole deal. That's what that passage is, Chapters, chapter 18, verse 10 to 14. It's talking about leaving the 99 sheep to find the one. And basically what that passage is talking about, every single sheep is precious in the sight of God. I know this is not, it doesn't have to be real deep, but every person, every person that walks in the door, every person you come encounter with, Every person, I loved the other day, I got a chance to talk to Sean, which I hadn't talked to him hardly at all. He was out working in the the new building, and they were pulling cables and doing stuff. And I just thought it was really neat to be able to take two minutes out of his time and just say, hey, man, first of all, we appreciate what you're doing, but thank you for being a part of what's happening in this church. Do you know, I don't see Victor here right now, but Victor was pulling cables too. And I said, do you know that when this building goes up, he's like, yeah, when it goes up, I get to tell people that I put that wall up right there. I said, you're going to put your name in it? I was like, no, don't put your name in it (laughs) or put it behind it or something. But I just thought having a moment to just have an interaction with people. Do you know that this whole social media world, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. But do you know that one of the greatest side effects of us being in our devices all the time is the lack of communication? Just being able to talk to somebody. Just being able to say, like, how was your day and, like, actually really mean it. So Jesus says here in that second parable, he's talking about leaving the 99 to find the one. The third conflict in the third parable is when Jesus was dealing with conflict in the church. That's verses 15 to 20. And I'm setting this up for a reason, but this is when Jesus was dealing with conflict in the church. And this passage to me is super important as well because what he's doing is saying, listen, when you are doing life with people and you are in close proximity with people and you're building relationship and you're doing things that are together and sometimes it's comfortable, sometimes it's uncomfortable. He's saying there is a way in which you deal with conflict and the church has been really interesting at kind of walking this principle out. The first thing is you go directly to that person. If you have an ought with somebody, the Bible says, go to them. Have a conversation. Do you know the art (laughs) of just how many things, I'll say it again, can be averted by just having a conversation with somebody? By like literally just saying, hey man, I'll say it again. Like, you know, what you said here or the way that came across I'm not trying to pick anything up, but it just it, it made me feel some type of way, right? So if you feel that, the Bible says, go to them. Like, say something to them. Have, have that moment where you guys can interact. And then it goes on and says, if they don't receive it, well, then you take somebody else with you that can be a witness. And then it goes on to say, if they don't receive that, then you take it before your leaders and that whole deal. And then it's interesting because Jesus is very specific and he says, hey, and if they don't get it, He is so firm about having good communication within a body that he says if they decide that they won't repent, they won't change, they won't receive it, Jesus literally tells them to excommunicate themselves from them. And I thought, wow, that's really harsh. Jesus, aren't you a God of mercy? Don't you love everybody? Aren't you a God of peace? Aren't you the one who communicates and you left the 99 for the one? He said, yeah, but if that one is not looking to change, the damage that that can do within a body is important enough for me to say, then you got to pull away because I'm giving every person an opportunity to become what I've called them to be. Are you getting that today? Just heart talk. Heart teaching, stuff that we've walked through. So that was the last parable. Then we get to the bottom of chapter 18, and this is where we'll land. It says here in chapter 18, verse 21, it says, At that point, so this is after Jesus had been teaching all this stuff to these guys. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, How many times then, God, do I forgive a brother? Because you said excommunicate. How many times do I forgive a brother or a sister who hurts me? And Peter says, seven times? And Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. The interesting part of this passage to me is that I've had to learn how to walk out continual forgiveness. Am I talking to anybody? I've had to learn that in whatever scenario we find ourselves in, there are times and there are seasons where you would rather just walk the other way. And Jesus said to Peter, Peter thought he was being generous, by the way, because I don't know if you realize this, but in the law at that time, when somebody did something, it was basically three strikes and you're out. That was the principle of the law. So if somebody messed up three times in a row, then it was like, okay, well then three strikes and you're out. So Jesus, so Peter says to Jesus, hey, what about seven times? I'm going to go three times, which is double what's required of me, and then I'm going to add one for a little bonus in there. (laughs) And Jesus says, that's awesome, bruh. but how about you multiply that by 70? Oh, God. Over and over again, keep walking through. You mean, you mean the same person that did, you mean again? she said, yeah, 70 times 70. 70 times seven. I mean, but God, but don't but you but but yeah, 70 times seven. What's kept me sane for 30 years? The same God? I'm not the judge or the jury. I'm not the one who has the power or the authority. I'm the one who has received your mercy and your grace. So 70 times seven, I'm going to keep loving people and I'm going to keep walking it out and I'm going to keep believing the best. Here's the other part that I realized was pretty interesting though. There's another quote that says this, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. That was a great prophetess Oprah. <laughs> she said, Well, hey, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Believe, believe what you've seen, the pattern and the habits and the cycles and the things, B- believe them. I'm telling you the stuff that's kept me happy. It's gotten me through when you're ghosted. It's gotten me through when I didn't understand if you give your whole soul to a house and a ministry and a people and it's easy for them to turn away, I didn't understand it. And Jesus said, Seventy times seven, which is you keep your heart right. You keep your heart good. And then when somebody shows you who they are, you believe them. There's safety in it. (laughs) There's joy in it. That's why when I come in and I'm leading worship and I'm excited, it's real. It's genuine. There have been moments I'm coming in with a broken heart. And it it's genuine because I keep my heart in a place that's pliable and flexible to my God. Are you getting anything out of this? That's secret sauce, man. You want to know the secrets? That secret sauce. That'll keep you living and loving people for a really long time. Then Jesus goes on. And I love the passage as we culminate all of it. It says here that the common element in those previous three parables was this that Jesus calls us to throw away our calculator when we are doing risk assessments in relationships. Does that make sense? In other words, don't tabulate it. You messed me up again. You did it again. Hey, you did it again. Hey, you did it again. Hey, there's a oh, no. Now, here's the other part. Please hear me. I talked about healthiness is boundaries, Right? It's boundaries and balance. So I'm not talking about getting abused and staying in something where it's a negative thing and it's hurting you. There's a whole passage of scripture or a whole lesson that TD Jakes taught. Another one of the prophets, he said, he said, when helping you is hurting me, then I gotta make some different decisions. Right? So he's not talking about just letting things go forever, but he's saying, Man, find a place in your heart where you can say, pliable, and flexible to God. And you'll do well for a really long time. The last passage of scripture, and I'm done, is in Luke chapter 23. And Jesus demonstrates this in verse 39. And he says, one of the criminals hanging alongside cursed at him. This is when Jesus is on the cross. Some Messiah you are, save yourself, save us. But the other one, the other criminal, made him shut up. And he said, You have no fear, or excuse me, have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve what he was getting. And verse 42 says, then Jesus said, remember, excuse me, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And then Jesus says, hey, don't worry, because 70 times seven, I'm going to forgive you don't worry because today you're going to join me in paradise. I'll finish with this thought. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. But don't ever leave somebody in a space where you don't have hope and expectation that they can change. That's why I go the long haul with people. And I'm not perfect. And I make my own mistakes. But I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to do everything by the grace of God to help you walk through what you have to walk through. You know why? Because that criminal changed his heart in that moment. He changed. One of them changed. One of them decided he wasn't going to. You get to choose which one we're going to be but you also get to choose how you posture yourself with every relationship you find yourself in in this life. Did you get something out of that today? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could go deeper. I don't have time for it. But man, the communication part and saying, Lord, I just give them over to you. I can't change them. We, so many times, want to take on your stuff for you more than you may even want to yourself. There's so many times where I'm like, man, just let me walk you through. Girl, just let me. And not me, but by the Spirit of God and, you know, the heart that we have for you. I will say this Finally. <laughs> If you ever find me at a place, and I've I've made this decision before God, if I ever get to a place where I'm jaded and I'm just, again, hard or cynical, had a conversation with somebody recently, and they've been around ministry and stuff their whole life, and I just was kind of shocked at the things that came out of their heart. And I actually left the conversation feeling sorry for the person that I talked to I just thought, boy, have you ever been in a conversation where you leave and you're just like, who hurt you? You ever been in a spot like that where you just want to say to the person across like, okay, so clearly some, somebody hurt you or something happened because, my God, the stuff that you're giving me. And I left there thinking, I don't want to ever find myself in ministry or in just life not loving people and believing the best for them. I'm going to do my risk assessment. And if you've taken it down the same road, I can't let it hurt what I'm doing, but I'm not going to stop loving you. Hey, can I say that? Everybody give me your eyeballs and I'm done. I ain't going to stop loving you. Every person I can see. Take my hat off so you can see me. I ain't going to stop loving you. I love you two so much, I can't even tell you. You're the sweetest couple in the whole world. Every time I get off service, he's crying and talking about how he loves you. Look at him. <laughs> sweetest thing. Come here. Come here. We're done. Yep, I want you to get up. Camera guys, I'm coming to the floor. One, two, three. We're done, but... You're so precious to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All the time. The you remember what you told me last week when I came off the platform? <laughs> 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 oh, what? No. Well, you were just talking about, like, how much you get out of being here. Oh, yes. Go- yes. Tell, tell the people that. Tell the people because you told me in my ear, but I want you to tell them. Oh, yes. I, I love being here, and I get so much out of it. And just thoroughly blessed. He simplified it. And he said he loves his pastors. I love y'all. And I love the fact that you are however many years young that you are. And there's a love for Jesus that's just all over you. Constantly. Does it ever have to get old? Do you ever have to get tired of serving him? No. Does it ever have to get stale? They said, she said, oh, heaven's sakes, no. <laughs> Give him a hand. <laughs> hey, Brandon, I'm not going to stop loving you, dude. I'm going to walk you through as best I can. Don't be a knucklehead. <laughs> I told him when he first met with him, I said, whoo, you are a whole bunch, bruh.'" You're a piece of work. But I love you. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to walk with you through. I'm going to walk you through. You get to make the choices. But you're learning and growing. You're doing it in real time in front of people. I'm done. I'm done. Give Jesus praise. I'm done. Yeah. Let's pray. I love you, Jesus. And we're committed to the long haul. We're committed to serving you and loving people. And Lord, I thank you that only you and them can make the decision that they decide to make in every phase of life. But I'm asking you, Lord, that secret sauce of risk assessment, that secret sauce of understanding that the love of God never grows old, consistent forgiveness Lord I ask you to help every person in this room be better communicators I ask you that whatever whatever they got out of today that 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 Lord these principles would live deep in their hearts and God in this moment as we worship you and love you you love us back we didn't earn it or deserve it but you're so gracious to us with your heads bowed and eyes closed real quick uh, I haven't done this the last couple times I preach and I think I need to if there's anybody in the room with all of our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if there's anybody in the room who's not made a decision to love Jesus, to serve him, to commit your heart to him, to ask him to forgive you of your sins and to become a part of his family and his kingdom, every head is bowed and eyes are closed. I wonder if that person or those persons would do me a favor and lift up a hand because I want to pray for you this morning. If you never had that on-ramp to serving Jesus, to knowing who he is, to committing your heart to him. That being said, everybody in the room, pray this with me. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for long suffering. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for 70 times seven, your mercy extended toward me. And God, I ask you to help me show you who I am. And when I am who you've called me to be I know you'll believe it I know God that my life is in your hands and I thank you for your presence in Jesus name Amen put your hands together come on, come on we're done thanks for joining us at Now Church for the latest updates visit us at nowchurch.com including live or on demand video event registration online giving and much more and don't forget to follow now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.